Welcome back to the Monsters and Mixers podcast. We are your hosts. I am Amy. And I'm Emma. And thank you for joining us today. We have a paranormal episode for you. So if you haven't gone to our socials and gotten the recipe yet, do that now. Press pause. Go get it. Make your drink. It is a sparkling blackberry vodka lemonade and delicious. Emma and I just tried it. Really, really good trying to keep with some summer drinks for a little bit longer because fall is rapidly approaching and we tend to get a little apple cider crazy in the fall. It's also probably a drink that people are going to be more inclined to have everything they need laying around their house. Yeah, it definitely. The, this one or? This one. Yeah. If you have some fresh berries. and whatnot. That's really the only thing that I would think people probably wouldn't have on hand is the blackberries. Yeah, probably. All right. So cheers if you have your drink with you. If you've not stop if you're not still paused and you're joined us again um we are going to have an episode that i am super duper excited to bring to you it's a really scary idea for me one that actually i think terrifies emma probably the most out of most entities yeah that's pretty scary yeah very much so what if there was an entity that no one knows the origin of it could be an alien a vampire ghost demon or something entirely brand new. Emma pointed out not too long ago that she thinks that might be the definition of a cryptid. Oh yeah, I feel like a cryptid would fall into that definition because when you like hear about Bigfoot or Mothman or whatever, the origin is typically unknown. Yeah. I mean, some of them have like origin stories or whatever, but they're not like placed under the umbrella of like alien or whatever. It's just kind of like some entity that's different than everything else right whereas a vampire and a lot of other things used to be human and then they became mm-hmm. the other thing or like an alien like their origins somewhere that's not earth like stuff like that yeah well the entity we're going to talk about today no one knows where they come from no one knows what they are no one has any idea evil evil <laughs> so it is the black-eyed kids or sometimes called black-eyed children b-e-k's all along those lines and for some reason it seems that nothing in the world frightens adults more than the idea that young children or young adults can in fact be pure evil this is not a new trope and has been shown in films and stories for hundreds of years there are so many things i children of the corn um, the omen the omen yeah any any vampire movie where they had like little kids if you saw interview the vampire like children Mm -hmm. vampires were like completely forbidden and yeah like I think it's because I I really think it's because when you're growing up and you're a young adult a child or an adolescent it you lack a lot of impulse control and so the idea that something really super powerful could have that much power and lack impulse control I think might be part of the I also think with adults it's because children have always been seen as like pure maybe like pure and innocent so when they're not it's like a little scarier than most maybe because we've always said when we watch ghost hunting stuff, like the scariest ones to us are when, scariest or saddest, but like when people see like kids or like hear kids laughing or kids talking or like younger people, that's always like scarier for whatever reason than it's an scary. adult. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's also and even like, like the shining, like stuff like that. They play into that. Two little girls. Even yeah. just him, like Danny having shining, like they play into that being scarier than other things. Danny's kind of terrifying. Yeah. So this newest urban legend causes even the bravest of men and women to cower in the shadows waiting for the 
vast and all-consuming feeling of dread to pass. They are relatively new to the world of the paranormal, and black-eyed kids weren't even really widely known or talked about until this story came out in Abilene, Texas in 1996. And some people think that they've actually been around since as early as the 1980s. Others think way farther back than that. I actually found some stories that were way longer ago than that. Um, the idea is that people just weren't w really willing to share their stories because no one else was talking about it. So they're like, people are going to think I'm crazy. I don't want anybody to think I'm losing my mind. I want to have to get like taken off, whatever. Mm -hmm. But... For some reason, when this man named Brian Bethel told his story in 1996, lots and lots of other stories started to be told. And even stories that were had been told, there was this connection started to be made. Like, oh my God, well, we thought that might have been that, but it actually could have been these black-eyed kids. So a little background, background about black-eyed <laughs> kids. Um, they are most often said to be children between the ages of 6 and 16, though the age is just speculation by the people who see them. I mean, who knows how old they actually are. Most encounters describe them as pretty normal-looking kids, until you get up close, of course. Um, almost always two at a time, but there have been a few individual encounters reported. Sometimes they are wearing outdated clothing and speaking in a strange manner as if they're not from this time. And they usually avoid making eye contact with the person with them until they are like super well into the conversation. The children's behavior seems to also follow a very distinct pattern of politely asking to quote, be let in to someone's house, vehicle or business, which is Kind of, I think, why some people think they might be vampires. Mm -hmm. With the whole, you gotta let a vampire, invite a vampire in, yeah. in to cross the threshold. I don't know. Even though that was not the case for Edward Cullen. The man got right in that bitch's that bedroom. That's true. <laughs> Stalky. He didn't need an invitation <laughs> at all. Had he not been in beforehand? No. No? Yeah? Shady shit. <laughs> so, um, every person who comes face-to-face -face with the black-eyed kids, and I forgot to give the disclaimer. We talked about it earlier, but there is a pretty common idea that it kind of falls into the same line as the skinwalker, that if you say black-eyed kids, you might be summoning them. So I'm taking a very extensive <laughs> risk for you all right now. But if that is something that scares you, don't say it. Just, you know, you can just say BEKs. I think that might be why... BEKs is used a lot so Probably. people don't have to say it so because with the skinwalker too I've learned more recently that um saying skinwalker is typically fine but if you say like their Navajo yeah um name that is where like the legend lies that you're not supposed to say that at all but the I'm pretty sure that's also why they use skinwalker instead of the actual Navajo I'm pretty name. sure we said the Navajo name <laughs> well I'm pretty sure I butchered the Navajo name. <laughs> I don't think I to. actually said it, but I might have tried to say it. All right, so like I said, they always politely ask to be let in. Um, there are lots and lots of reports from people who've come face-to-face -face with them saying that every single person, they don't know why, they're talking to a kid. It makes no sense. They get this overwhelming horrible feeling of dread that something is just really off and if they let these kids in they're not going to be okay and it's 
every person that has an encounter, they're like, I'm like your the fight minute, or flights. Yeah. The minute I see them, I'm like, Oh hell no. I, and it's so bad that most people feel like super nauseous and feel like they're going to pass Paralyzed. out. I am. I would not want to have to do have anything to do with that. No, and it also, like, them being children adds the layer of, like, you feel like an asshole mm -hmm. if these kids show up to your door asking, because usually they're asking for help, mm -hmm. like, let me use your phone or something like that, and then you're like, I don't know why I feel Hell terrified no. right yeah. now, but I'm not letting these six-year-olds come in my house. I know, it's crazy. So then it just, like, adds that layer of, like, oh, I'm a dick, because what if these are actually children who need help and I don't want to? Yeah, and, well... We'll get into that a little bit more, but I also think it's the timing. Like, mm -hmm. why is a six-year-old out by themselves at three in the morning? Yeah. Um, that needs to call their mom, and they're wearing this friggin' old Pilgrim <laughs> outfit, talking like some kind of British salesman. What the fuck? No, you're not coming <laughs> to my house. Get away. Hello. Yeah. May I use your tally? <laughs> no, sir. <laughs> you absolutely may not. Um, animals seem to be highly, highly agitated by their presence. And a lot of stories that I read came across or came across began with animals like freaking out and experiencing like really odd behavior even before the knocks on the doors. Mm -hmm. Like, cause we all know animals are very keen and have lots of instincts and can sense yeah. things that we often cannot. Like our cats freak out before a storm even hits. Yeah, like the day just, like, of. feel it, yeah. It's atmospheric changes and maybe that is Part of the thing that would support them being some kind of an alien life form. Maybe there's like an atmospheric change that the animals can pick up on before they arrive to your house. I don't know, because animals freak out in the presence of like, we've seen videos of them freaking out in the presence of like paranormal stuff too. Yeah, that's true. But I think they're that's... just ultra sensitive and they also don't have like the knowledge that we have. So their little brains just tell them bad, bad, bad. Maybe. And they can't like rationalize why it's I bad. I like my theory about the aliens dropping your kids off on your porch to <laughs> use your phone. I think it's kind of funny. All right, so we are going to dive into some of the stories. I believe I have five. So I feel like the only way to actually start is with what many believe to be the beginning, or at least the beginning of people telling their stories, like I said. So we're gonna talk about Brian Bethel's encounter in Abilene, Texas in 1996. And for all, just so everybody knows for all accounts and intents and purposes this was a completely normal dude i believe he was a writer of some kind mm. so he was interesting <laughs> i don't think he made any well maybe he might there are lots of things <laughs> we'll see don't be starting shoe holes in my <laughs> shit already all right so brian bethel says that he was sitting in his car outside of a local business and a movie cinema trying to pay his internet bill and for those of you who are not familiar with this time, 1996, this was during a time when a lot of people wrote checks to pay bills. Um, I can't remember the last time I had to write a check to pay a bill, I've never but written a check in my it life. used to be like commonplace. You want to pay your bill, you drive there, you drop a check off. Um, so he's sitting there trying to write a check and he's using the light from a nearby store marquee to like illuminate inside his car so he can see to write the check. Just before car lights too. <laughs> no, but it was probably easier just to like sit underneath like a, you know how bright some of those signs are. He wasn't really paying attention to the things around him because he's like, I'm writing this check, gotta pay my internet. And he was startled suddenly by a 
tap on his driver's side window. And when he looked up, he saw two young boys who looked to be around nine and 13 years old. So unlike some of the other stories and what I mentioned before, these kids weren't dressed um, in old timey clothes or anything. They were actually dressed in hoodies and the tapping noise was coming from the older of the two boys. He began to ask Brian for a ride to their mother's house to get money and come back to see the movie Mortal Kombat. Good um, taste. Yeah. Brian looked at them and saw that both of the boys' eyes were completely and utterly black. There was no white in their eyes whatsoever. Um, immediately, when he noticed that, he started feeling like super sick and uneasy, and why would you not? That's really freaky. Um, Brian said the kids just kept staring at him with their dark eyes until the older of the two began to pound on his car window, telling him, we can't come into your car until you invite us in. And he was like, uh, no, fuck you. So he got really freaked out, which I cannot blame him. He began to roll his window up and the, he rolled his window up and still slowly started like backing away. Like, I want to get away from these kids, but he didn't want to hit them either. Said all the while they continued to yell for him to let them in. They began to like scream and get angry and just losing their shit. And he said, after a few moments, he looked in his mirror and the boys were just gone as if they disappeared into thin air. I feel kind of bad if those kids actually did need to go to their house. However, Brian said that once he like drove away and he kind of started to think about it, the story made no sense. He said the last showing of the movie had already started. It was like well into it. There was no way they would have made it to pick up money and back in order for them to even like see the end of the movie. It was that far gone. The kids made odd statements in between, insisting on a ride, like just telling him like, hey, we're just kids and we don't have a gun or anything. And he thought that was like really weird. Like, it's weird for the time. Yeah. Why would you just randomly say you don't have a gun? Um, these things like really seemed off to him and really added to the dread he was feeling. And he said that... The dread was made so much worse after he broke eye contact with them. And that was when he was like, nope, I gotta go. That's when he noped out and like started leaving. And that's actually really, really common. A lot of people say that they feel uneasy. And then when they make eye contact, they feel really, really overwhelmed. And when they break eye contact, they start feeling like compelled to like reestablish eye contact mm -hmm. and to comply with what they're asking and it's like a, this overwhelming almost like they're not even themselves kind of like they're being hypnotized by the eyes i don't know um i feel like it's worth noting that this happened before there was like an internet chock full of like reddit no sleep stories and creepypasta and stuff so it's not like there it was not pre-horror film it is not pre-horror film but he didn't make a horror film um something interesting i don't know or maybe i just haven't read as many stories but i don't know if i've seen other ones where they've made cultural references like the mortal Kombat reference like being aware like culturally aware that that would be shown at a movie theater near them at that time unless they looked at the marquee because he was right outside the movie theater i so guess maybe they looked up and just thought of like, i feel like all the other stories that i've heard like they don't really 
if you, I don't know, like, can I come in and watch the yeah. latest episode of The Walking Dead? Like, <laughs> you don't, like, hear that, really. It's so like family. That was a little different. It is a little different. And maybe he added the Mortal Kombat part, but I don't think so. I think that was what he remembered. No, I mean, he wouldn't have been able to add it if he realized that the movie had already started. Yeah. So it had to have actually been said. Very true. All right, we got another one before we head to our little breaky view. So this is, I told you I found some that were, like, predated to when people thought that they happened. So this was in 1950 in Virginia. There was a 16-year-old boy named Harold who was walking home from school when he saw a teenage boy leaning up against a fence. I don't know why. I mean, it felt like Huck Finn or something when I was reading this. Yeah, the outsiders. Got, like, a piece of stars now. <laughs> <laughs> the boy looked like he was waiting for someone or something. So Harold, being the polite boy he is, decided to say hi and ask him if it, there oh, was Harold. something he could do. Yeah, can I help you? You know, you okay? And at first, the boy did not respond. So Harold's like, okay, whatever. And he started to walk away. The boy didn't, then decided to speak and said... I want to go to your house. You're going to walk me up to your house. Confused, Harold was like, mm, what? And turned around to look at the boy. And when he looked at him, this time he like really looked at him because at first he was just like, whatever. Um, and that's when he noticed that the eye, boy's eyes were completely black. So I'm not super familiar with the 1950s, but I don't believe eye black contacts existed at that point in time. <laughs> no, probably not. So he had some super black blacked out eyes of course Harold was frightened and he <laughs> turned around and just like began to freaking bolt to his house said he ran like the fastest he's ever ran in his whole entire life and while he's running the boy is like angrily screaming at him now don't you run away from me you're going to walk me up to your house um, no <laughs> no 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 so Harold ran as fast as he could all the way home um, as he was running a few minutes like into his run he heard this scream and he said it sounded like a bobcat like launching at its prey and if you heard bobcat mm -hmm. screams really freaking scary so i almost kind of wondered if this kid might have been one of the other things we talked about maybe he transformed <laughs> into one of them i don't know there's so many overlaps in the paranormal universe i'm afraid to say in either one of them too much more and when harold got home he told his parents about what had happened and his father and mom were both so convinced because he was so upset that something had happened that his dad grabbed his gun and went looking for the kid. He did not find anybody. Mom, Paul, grab the rifle. <laughs> Help. <laughs> this boy had black eyes. He was coming after me. Yeah. So Harold's mom also was super convinced that he had encountered what she thought to be like the devil. And so she took him to be blessed by the local priest because she was not messing around with that and I can't blame her that sounds really scary I do not know what happened to Harold afterwards there was no follow up hopefully he just grew up and had a great life hopefully <laughs> I, mean, I would I would assume that's what happened but yeah. it's probably a grandpa now 1950 he would have been a teenager that time so yeah hopefully Harold if you're listening yeah, Harold if you're out there we would really like a follow up to your story um this is a question that I had before you started the other story, but what did, or where did Brian Bethel, like, share his story to? I, I'll have to check. I'll like, did he, like, write into a local newspaper? Yeah. Okay. I'll look it up when we take a break, which we're going to do in just a second, because I need to chug some of this 
drink and I feel really rude doing it while I'm talking. But So we'll look it up and um, bring you that information in just one minute. a little bit of information so Emma wanted to know where he told his story and he was a reporter and he wrote into a um, ghost related mailings list so like somebody online had like the creepy ghost stories creepy <laughs> um, so Mike has just been bar <laughs> barraging us with questions I, is that right is that the right terminology there and he also wants to know how they had knowledge of Mortal Kombat, which I don't know. Um, have <laughs> Let's go been, ask him. <laughs> have none of these answers and why the guy wouldn't just let the kids in his car. And I think that, honestly, we were just talking. I really think that that's them trying to seem normal and trying to appear normal. And that's definitely not the case. These are not normal beings. I feel like the house thing, like, so if they were to show up in my house, like, at three in the morning... I would, of course, be like, okay, this is weird. Probably not going to let you in. This is strange. But I feel like I would very quickly become a victim in the event that I'm sitting in a movie theater parking lot at, like, 9 p.m. and two kids in hoodies walk up to my car and ask me to help them get movie tickets. Like, I'm letting them in my car. I would And not. I'm going to immediately, if they are in the event, black-eyed kids, you're never going to hear from Emma again. But... I mean, I think I probably would, I would if feel they like had a completely dick. blacked out it, eyes. It said they were like 13 and, what did they say the ages were? I don't know. 13 really... and 9. You, I know you so well. You have picked up women on the side of the road who are walking in the rain, That's barefoot, to take them home. So you draw, you'll take women, but you won't take a little 13 I mean, and 9-year-old? I've skirted past my fair share of men walking on the oh, side well, of the road. Oh, well, yeah, that's completely different, but like, I feel like I would be... I don't know. The minute I would be a prime target for that. The minute that they started saying weird shit like, we can't get in your car unless We you don't have in, a gun. Yeah, I'd be but like... But also, do you almost think that was just kind of like... I don't want to poke holes, whatever. It could have... It's a cool story. Fine. But at that time, like 1996, like, two boys in hoodies, they're probably like offhandedly making little jokes like, well, we don't have a gun. Like, we're not going to hurt you. We're just trying to get money to go to the movies. Yeah, but that's the first thing someone with a gun would say. I don't have a gun. I'd be like, mm, I feel like you might have a gun. I would not They're, let them in. But I also know <laughs> lots of other stories. And in man, Abilene, Texas. Go inside the movie theater and call your mom and have her bring you money up. There's lots of other things that I they guess. Could I'm, have done. I yes, of course. But they're, they're, they're on the side of a They're thirteen and room. nine, so I guess like the thing for, for them would be like, Oh, this guy's sitting in his car, like writing a check, he looks nice, let's ask him for help. Also at that time in like ninety six, you even like mentioned it's just a completely different time. Asking for help in that way was way more prevalent than it is now. I don't like know. I'm not gonna be inclined if I like of course, now, in the event that I don't have a phone and I need to contact someone and I don't have my car on me, I'm going to be way more inclined to go into a business and try to get a phone that way as opposed to stopping some random dude in the car. I but at that ask, time... I wouldn't 
I wouldn't let kids in my car just for fear of what if somebody then turned around and said that I did something I was trying to Well, yeah, now, one. but like 96, was that really like a fear that people had? I mean, th I this mean, time people were still leaving their front doors unlocked. I mean, I guess, but I feel like we were very aware that I wouldn't have asked a random person for a ride. I would have been at 13 and 9 even less likely to have asked a random person. I mean, kidnappings and things like that did still happen. No, yeah, of course. I don't it know. It wasn't covered on the global scale that it is now, but it wasn't something that did not happen. I don't know. I feel like we can't be too hard on Brian. No, I'm not going to be hard on Brian. It's just interesting. Like, the car thing. Are there multiple stories of people in cars having this experience? And there this is are a few, yes. Because, like, what do they gain by getting in the car? You think, like, when they invite you in your house, then, like, all bets are off. They have a full house to do whatever they need to do in a car. Like, Brian, just get out of the car. I We don't know. <laughs> like, what? We don't know what happens because only a few people have actually, and I actually have a story from someone who did let them in their house. And... I'm less inclined to let them anywhere near me at this point. Well, then also, I guess the thing we would have to believe is, like, we'll never know the stories of people who let them in their house. Because, like, what if they're not people. here to tell the story? You may be covering them on your half <laughs> of the show. All these people that just vanish and nobody knows. No. Okay. I do not co-sign that at all. I do not <laughs> think any of the missing people victims that I've talked about are victims of BEKs. -E no. All right. Let's get back to the stories. So, there is this town in Stratfordshire, England. Staffordshire. Staffordshire. What did I say? Stratford? Yeah. Staffordshire, England. I promise you, I can read. <laughs> um, so, in September of 2014, the Daily Star, which is a tabloid, released several front page stories of people's encounters with a black-eyed girl who seemingly terrorized this town, the area called Canuck Chase. And I actually have seen... Lots of things covering this. A local woman claimed that while she and her daughter were out one day, she heard a horrible scream that she thought was a child in danger or hurt. So she is a mom. She is doing what she can. She runs around and she's searching, trying to find the kid and help her. Which I would have done too. Um, at first, she didn't find anyone. She like ran all around, couldn't find anybody. But then she noticed this young girl dressed in white, just standing behind her. The girl stood with her hands over her eyes as if she were waiting for some kind of surprise, like a birthday cake or something. And she said nothing. So the woman was concerned. She asked her if she was okay. And at that point, the young girl removed her hands from her face and opened her eyes. And that was when the woman just realized that she had no white in her eyes, no color in her eyes. They were just completely black from corner to corner, top to bottom. The woman grabbed her daughter and jumped back a step, instinctively. When she looked up toward the girl again, she was gone. That's really fucking scary. I would hate that so much. So this paranormal investigator named Lee Brickley went to the area to investigate because he said his aunt had also encountered the same girl in 1982. So it was 30 years prior to this incident. His story is that his aunt heard a young girl calling for help before she saw a girl dressed in white running away. Her aunt caught up to her and put a hand on her shoulder to check and make sure she was okay. When the girl turned around, she also had completely black eyes. 
The girl quickly turned and continued to run away, eventually disappearing. And many people believe this black-eyed girl is the ghost of a girl who died of diphtheria during the Victorian era. How the so, fuck did they draw that conclusion? Um, I guess there's like some documentation somewhere. So we have like a crossover where this black-eyed girl might actually be a ghost. Um, whatever she is, I'm not sure if she really truly falls into the black-eyed kids category per se. But I wanted to include her anyway. Um... So what do you think? You think she's a ghost? You think she's a black-eyed kid? Well, my main question is, else? why did this happen to this girl, woman and she immediately ran to a tabloid? No, the tabloid was covering it because lots of stories were popping up about this girl. She didn't run to the tabloid. This feels like the great clown summer scare of <laughs> I 2019. Why would you even bring that up? I don't know. Oh, um, there is some really compelling drone footage that was captured in April 2015 that actually shows the girl in the woods nearby. Do you ever do you ever watch Paranormal Caught on camera with us? Mm -hmm. Do you remember yeah, the one? I've seen it. So there's if you haven't watched those of you out there listening, um, Paranormal Caught on Camera, is it on Travel? Yeah, it's on the same channel yeah. as or Investigation, one of those two. So it's really good. They take like sub viewer submission videos, photos, whatever and show them to you and then they kind of try to they have like these experts that are they range from like paranormal investigators to some other people that try and debunk it or try and figure out what the hell it is and there's these guys who have their drone and they're flying it over the woods and they didn't even really at first realize what they were capturing but there is the very distinctly this woman in white standing on the edge woman? of the lady girl whatever female Child. person standing on the edge of the nearby woods, and it actually was very terrifying. I mean, was it debunked? No. No, it was not. So, I find that one to be very scary. Any thoughts before we move on to the next one? No, that one's just odd. I would not categorize that one as a black-eyed child. I would go more towards a ghost for that. It, like, has none of the... I mean, outside of the eyes, it's literally the only... Yeah, no asking to get let in or anything. No showing up at your, like, literally just, like... Yeah. Being a playful little girl in the woods. I tried to include different ones since there really is no, like, idea of what mm -hmm. they actually are. So I was like, I'll pick some from there and some from there and see. There are hundreds of stories we could do an entire season on Encounters. I love that they said that she was terrorizing this little village. <laughs> right. Like, she's literally just there. Jumping, skipping around. Like, and, like, covering her eyes, like, playing peekaboo. Yeah, I don't like that, though. I hate that. I mean, yeah, it's, I, and it sounds terrifying, but she's not like, <laughs> she's not intentionally terrorizing anyone. She just so happens to be a little scary in concept. She is pretty scary. All right. This one I thought was really scary. Um, mainly because when I think of the encounters, I always think of it being like some isolated area, like out in the like strangers, like a stranger's yeah. house. But apparently... BKs can really be anywhere. In November of 2009, a U.S. Marine at Camp Lejeune, like, I think that's right, mm -hmm. in North Carolina had a very scary encounter with a couple of black-eyed kids while he was in his barracks. So he did not want to be identified, so this guy's not seeking any kind of fame. Probably doesn't want to be mocked by the other Marines either. He did not give his name, but he did tell quite the story. Because it was a weekend, most of the Marines were out drinking or sleeping, and only a few were left in the barracks awake. 
he didn't go out because he was short on money and was just trying to stay home for the weekend. He was alone in his room one night watching a movie and he heard a faint knock at his door. His roommate was out at the time, so he just assumed it was him coming home and he forgot his key because that apparently happened a lot. He jumped up, immediately opened the door, and instead of seeing his roommate, he saw two small kids standing on the walkway, which makes no sense because usually kids are not just free reigning wandering around military bases. Mm, usually no one's free reign wandering right. around military bases. You have to pass through some stuff. Yeah. He said that the kids immediately scared the crap out of him, but he did not know why. He just was instantly fearful and dreadful. He said that as a Marine, we've always been told to listen to that little voice in your head because it might save your life from an IED or something. Right then, that voice was screaming at me to shut the door and lock it. The kids, he realized, had absolutely pitch black eyes with no white or any other color to them whatsoever. However, he asked them what they were doing there so late, because he's trying not to be a jerk. They told him that it was really cold out and they wanted to come in and read. And he was <laughs> like, what the fuck? First of all, kids go into some random house because they want to read. Like, Where's your mother? <laughs> sketchy as hell. Yeah. Um, I would have been confused. He said he was super confused as hell because I've never met a kid that wants to read. Also, there is no mention... Uh, okay, first of all, Mr. <laughs> Marine, maybe you didn't want to read. and That's why you're in the Marines, hey, but I read a lot. Stop crapping on the story. Um, all right, you made me lose my place. Also, there is no mention of parents or anything else you'd expect a couple of lost kids to say, like you just said, where the hell's your mom? He was drawn to their eyes and felt like they were sucking him in. And he suddenly felt very scared for his life. He took a look around for a second to see if anyone was near him or if any other Marines were out walking around. So this is a Marine. He's so scared of these two kids that he's literally scoping out to see if anybody else is around. Like, hey, anybody here? Anybody see this? What the hell? Um, he only had his eyes off the kids for a few seconds, but when he looked back, he noticed the kids had taken a step toward him, and he felt like he was being hunted. I... Like, when I was reading this, I was picturing that in my head, you know, like, when you... Look away, look back. It's yeah, they're, like, closer, and you're like, what? No, <laughs> yeah. no, no, no. It was at that point that his fear and survival instinct took over, and he shut and locked the door. He was like, absolutely not, no way. Over the next five minutes, he heard a constant soft knocking, and his window rattled. Then it went completely silent. The next day, he asked the officer on duty if he had seen the kids, because it's kind of his job to be seeing what the hell's going on. But he had not seen any kids in the area at all and told him that he must have had too much to drink. However, the Marine said he didn't drink anything. So, he just chilling at home. These kids are like, can we please come in and read? He's <laughs> like, absolutely not. Really freaking weird. All right, thoughts on that one? Time to poke your holes. I mean, that's typical, pretty typical BK story. Okay. Especially the ending. So I've read multiple that, like, they say after they freak out and, like, close the door and lock it and they, like, go, like, back to where they were, or, like, hide in their room or something, like, the house, like, shakes. Yeah. Like, I can feel it, like, shaking. Or that, like, it sounds like someone's, like, running and, like, knocking on windows. Yeah, like, like knocking, knocking all around. Knocking, like, all around. I don't like that. No, I don't like that either. Nope. All right, so our last story 
is about a woman in Vermont and her husband. And I told you I had a story about people who actually did let black-eyed kids in. They did. So one of the only stories that I came across where someone has actually let them in to their house. I don't know if you've ever heard of any. No, it's pretty rare. So. And after this story, I highly recommend you don't. I highly recommend that anyway. So uh, one night during a bad snowstorm, the woman was woken up by a loud banging on her front door. She and her husband lived in a small home in a very rural part of town. So visitors were not common at all, especially during the night in a snowstorm. She said the roads to her home are hilly and get very slippery in the snow, so she assumed it was someone who had gotten into an accident due to the conditions. When she looked outside, she could see her motion light had been triggered and there were footprints in the snow, but there wasn't a car in sight. The road did not show any signs of a car having driven down it for hours and was still covered in snow. She could see the shadow of someone standing on her front porch, but from her angle, she could not make out who it was. Afraid and unsure who could be out there, she woke her husband and began to tell him what was going on. At this time, the banging on the door started up again, and her husband decided to answer the door while she stood nearby in the hallway, which is the opposite of what would happen here. Mike would make me open the door, and he would be standing <laughs> in the hallway. We all know it. Um, on the porch stood two children looking toward the ground, a boy and a girl no older than eight. She immediately noticed that their clothing and outfits seemed out of place for the time. The girl's hair was very long and the boy had an outdated bowl cut and neither child was dressed for winter. The children made her very uneasy and she said they avoided making eye contact with her and her husband. Her husband asked her if they were or asked them if they were okay and they asked if they could come in. She asked them where their parents were and their response was they will be here soon. Now, how in the hell do parents know where they're at? Since it was now around 2 in the morning and the couple thought the children may have been either lost or in an accident, they let them in, despite feeling they were making a horrible mistake. The woman went into the kitchen to make the children some hot cocoa, and her husband escorted the kids into the living room. Her husband continued to ask them questions about if they were okay, if they had an accident, where their parents were, etc., but the kids would only answer with the same response as before. Our parents will be here soon. She says they spoke in a sing-songy voice and didn't seem afraid to be out that late alone and with strangers. The woman noticed how odd her four cats were behaving. They were all hiding except for one who was staying right by her side. The normally friendly cats seemed to be very afraid of the children. They were hissing and hiding with their hair raised. Soon after this, she went into the living room and found her husband with his head in his hands because he had a sudden bout of dizziness. She then turned to give the kids their hot cocoa and was startled when she saw that they had giant black eyes, both of them, not like, I mean, just like everybody else we've talked about. She could not hide her fright and the kids noticed and oddly asked if they could use the restroom. The woman showed them where the bathroom was and then went back to talk to her husband and see if he was okay. She asked him if he had seen their eyes and he replied that he had, but it may have been due, he thought maybe it was due to the wreck they had been in. So he was thinking maybe they had gotten hurt. While talking about the kids, her husband had a sudden nosebleed, the first one of his life, and she ran to get some tissues. Then the power went out and her husband began to yell her name. 
She walked quickly back to him, but was startled to a stop when she saw the children just standing completely still in the hallway. After a few long moments, the children said, our parents are here, and they walked out of the house, leaving the door open behind them. When the couple looked outside, they saw a black car idling at the end of their driveway, two incredibly tall men in black suits just standing beside it and staring at them. Her husband waved to the men, and they just got into the car and drove away. So we have a men in black situation also. She goes on to say that their power came back on around a half hour later, but their lives were forever changed. Three of their four cats went missing, and their fourth cat, Pigeon, was found looking like he had been vomiting blood in, in the middle of their living room. He's like in a pool of blood. The vet said he had died of a hemorrhage. Then her husband's nosebleeds increased, and he, is di he was diagnosed with a very aggressive type of skin cancer. Strangely, this type of cancer was mostly seen in people who used tanning beds excessively or worked outside for decades. Her husband had neither. Ultimately, she also began to have regular dizzy spells and nosebleeds, and she believes their health woes are related to the one night that they tried to do a good deed and invited black-eyed kids into their home. You just can sit there. <laughs> I just, what's the... Maybe it's dumb of me to ask, but what would be their motive? Like, they gained nothing by doing that. And maybe their motive was to expose the people to whatever radiation or whatever they contain. Maybe they needed some place to sit until their spacemen came and picked them up. I don't know. Their spacemen. I mean, you know how when people have alien encounter encounters, they always describe them in black coming in, like, zapping them. You don't always describe that, no. That is a whole other theory of men in black, which is not always aliens. I'm telling you. I don't know. What do you think? Mm. I think I probably wouldn't have let them go to the bathroom. <laughs> so you'll let them in their house, in your house, but they can't. No, I'm not. If they're bathroom. making you feel that weird, like, why would you let them just wander around your home? I don't know. I guess they were just polite people. Well, I probably would have called the cops. Nice get, the cops aren't going to make it out there. They live in the middle of nowhere during a snowstorm. I don't know. The whole thing is just weird to me. I know that I would feel terrible not letting them in, but I would not. Yes, you would. You think? Yeah, you would. But then I'd have nosebleeds and aggressive. If two kids showed problems. up at the, your door and you were living in the middle of rural Vermont... And it was a snowstorm, and they were clearly not dressed for the weather. And they asked if you could come in and wait for their parents to come pick them up. You would be like, "Oh my God, these people, these kids would, are probably neglected." Is the first how thing the you hell would their think. Their parents knew where to pick them up. A. Well, yeah, you would wonder that, but I guarantee thought. you'd be like, "Oh my gosh, what's happening?" The one thing that I would think almost is like, were these kids sent here as like a ploy for us to get like robbed? That's what I would wonder too. That's what I would think is like, like were are they people like are the people casing the joint mm -hmm. and they now know that our door is unlocked because we just let kids in and they know that we're home and awake. Or are they here to check and see what valuables we have? Right. And that would be the first dropping. thing that I would think is that someone's trying to rob me. I still would not look at it because we've seen. Like, I mean, there's stories before where people use little kids as like ploys to mm -hmm. make people more vulnerable to steal shit from them or hurt them. Yeah, I don't know. Have you heard any other stories that 
Well, I like watched out. I watched the documentary, or I don't even know if you can really call it a documentary. Do it was like kind of like the sleep paralysis documentary where it was very like dramatized, but like Finding Bigfoot. Yeah, the ones that I always read were, and also I'm sure I read them on No Sleep, which is really not a reliable source for a lot of things. No. But I remember hearing about them like a long time ago. Um, but all of the ones that I read were people, like I said, like when they would close the door, the house would be like fucking crazy. Mm -hmm. And like people would say that it'd be crazy for like hours after. And they felt like they genuinely felt like they were being like attacked, like bombarded by like people who were trying to get in Trying to like rob them, going from window to window. And the lights and would like flicker, or like they would just hear like knocking on all over the doors and stuff like that. Um, but I haven't read some many in a long time. But that was the one commonality that I read a lot, outside of them looking like they were from a different time. Time, which is what makes the first story so weird to me, because it doesn't fall in line with, and it's like the first one that gained popularity. So it's weird. In the event, I'm not saying this is fake. Like, in the event, it's one of those, like, phenomenas where, like, the first story story took off. So, like, all these people are like, oh, I want to get in on this and, like, write my story. Because that happens a lot. I wonder where, like, the old-timey clothing came into it. Because um, if it started with two kids in hoodies asking for moral combat yeah. tickets, like, it's changed quite drastically since then. I mean, I get it. Sorry, there's a bug down there. And maybe, I don't know the difference in time. Like, that was the first story that was told. I don't know if some of the other stories, maybe the kids have started to adapt to try and get people to trust them more, and they've started. But, yeah, I get that, but, like, they didn't kill these people. Well, so, like, what are they gaining? Well, I mean, it depends on if you think that they are eventually going to die they, from Do you think that exposure? maybe they, like, took their energy, and that's why they got so sick? Possibly. I mean... I mean, the dizziness would mean, like, he was drained of energy, probably. Yeah, and then That'd be the lead. only thing that I would think would be the reason that they did that. But the cats, too, dying? It almost sounds, the like, they, it almost sounds like they were exposed to radiation. Yeah, which, would, to me, would indicate, like, an alien. Well, the sing-songy voice makes me think alien. Mm -hmm. Because... Too high-pitched. Not even necessarily high-pitched, but... Like, you can tell that you're hearing a voice, but it sounds like almost like an echo. Kind of in the background, it sounds like disjointed. Or almost like it's you're hearing it in your head, not yeah. actually with your ears. Right. Yeah. I don't know. Sometimes I think aliens. Sometimes I think vampires. Sometimes I think ghosts. I don't know. Yeah. I'm not sure. I just don't like to believe that aliens are mean. I would like to think that they're not because that... Because if they were, I feel like we'd be invaded by now. <laughs> well, unless they're... Maybe this is like a recon. Maybe they're like trying to see if there's people worth saving. Maybe they're trying to... Blade Runner. Like they're sending they're... like their little human drones down. Yeah, maybe they're trying to check and see if all of humanity on Earth is as batshit crazy as it looks like from afar. Because yeah, they're, gonna, imagine... they're trying to find the kind people that let them inside. <laughs> yeah, I would imagine that from far, like... like anybody like doing a study on the Earth, the people that live here now would... If you're just reading the headlines, we look like monsters. Yeah. So maybe it is kind of, maybe they're little angels. I don't know. Angels? They, they don't sound like angels. They no. They sound very scary. I have lots of theories. I don't know. If you guys have any theories, I would love to hear them. We would both love to hear them. I'm going to see if I can find 
any black eyed kid encounter stories. One story that I read. I want to see if I can find it. All right. While Emma's looking at that, I'm going to give you our um, email. So if you have any stories, black eyed kids or otherwise, um, any true crime suggestions, any topic that we haven't covered yet that you want us to cover, we would really love to hear from you. So our email is monstersandmixers2 at gmail.com. Please send us, if you have any like really good stories, Halloween's getting ready to come right around the corner. We would love to be able to read like true listener stories. If you had some close encounter with like, um, you're almost the victim of crime and you got away kind of thing, any of that kind of stuff, or if you heard something, we would love to hear it. Did you find your story? Hello? No, I can't find it. All right, I'm well, finding ones that... I mean, this one says, I know where black-eyed children come from. Ooh, where do they come from? We haven't vetted this story, though. What if it's some okay. crazy cuckoo bananas? It's on no sleep, so okay. I'll just preface it with that. But So it's from the user with love in her eyes. This was eight years ago. And it said, when I was a kid, my little brother and I visited my grandparents in Oklahoma every summer. It was a pretty boring town. As the capital of the Cherokee Nation, most recreational activities were related to the culture and the history of the Cherokees. The last summer we spent there, I was 11. That age between wanting so badly to be seen as a teenager, but still finding enjoyment in brat stalls. My brother was eight and wouldn't settle down unless he had his Nintendo DS. We've been there. I didn't dread visiting my grandparents, like many children do. Other than the cultural shock that came from leaving our home in LA to the relatively small Oklahoma town, I loved spending time with my grandparents and so did my brother. They spoiled us with toys and ice cream. On a Thursday afternoon, my little brother and I were playing at the elementary school across the street from my grandparents' house. If you've ever been to Oklahoma, you probably know how quickly the weather can change. It's not uncommon for it to snow one day and be in the 70s the next. This day went from sunny to cloudy extremely quick. It didn't begin raining or lightning, so my brother and I continued to play, but these weren't normal, cl normal clouds. They looked heavier and thicker. They were almost black. I'm still not sure if the clouds were some sort of warning for what was about to happen, or I've, I'm just trying to connect things. A girl who was probably 9 or 10 showed up at some point. She didn't have parents with her, but it was a fairly safe town and not uncommon for kids to walk around. She introduced herself as Allie. She was blonde and blue-eyed, but began enlightening us with old Cherokee ghost tales. With... I think it's Tahlequah, Tahlequah, being the capital of the Cherokee Nation, many urban legends and other towns are actually true in this town. Most people's great-great-grandmas really were Cherokees, and the school playground we were currently playing on really had once been an Indian burial ground. She told us one particularly gross, grotesque story about the deer lady, who was a heartbroken woman that went insane and cut her legs off and stitched a deer's leg on her torso in place. What? Her final story inspired what we thought would be a fun adventure. She told us a chief's 15-year-old daughter had been brutally murdered by her white husband on their anniversary for flirting with another man. They buried her and out of respect, never removed her gravestone when the school was built. Allie told us it would take a bit of maneuvering, but there was a panel that could be removed and we could crawl underneath the school and see the gravestone. We were all in shape, so we began our adventure. To our disappointment, the panel had been screwed shut and it began to rain. My brother and I decided to go home. Allie, however, insisted that there had to be another way in. I tried to tell her that her parents would probably be worried and that it would be best for her to go home too, but she was determined to find a way in. My brother and I went into my grandparents' house and changed into some dry clothes, drank Kool-Aid, and watched TV. When my brother and grandparents were watching The Fairly Odd Parents, I noticed I could still see Allie, drenched in rain, trying to find a way underneath the school from the living room window. Eventually she did. I watched her crawl in, but I never saw her crawl out. 
We sat through an entire episode of The Fairly Odd Parents and half an episode of Drake and Josh, so it had to have been 45 minutes. That night, I had trouble sleeping. I told myself she had to have come out a different way, or maybe she came out when I wasn't looking and finally drifted off. The next morning, I woke up refreshed. I was certain Allie had found a way out. My grandparents took us to the carnival in a local ice cream shop, and by 6 o'clock in the evening, when we got home, my grandma began cooking supper while my grandpa took a nap. My brother and I were kids, though, and still had lots of energy left, so we went across the street to play some more, and our grandma told us she would call us supper call us when supper was ready. I told my little brother that I had seen Allie go underneath the school and asked him if he was up for an adventure. He agreed and I went to the panel that I saw Allie loosen. I loosened and crawled underneath the school and my brother followed. The reaming daylight flooded into the basement along with us, providing us with just enough light to see things directly in front of us. The ground was cold, wet dirt, and there were many pipes and old ba basketballs to crawl around. I immediately spotted eight to ten headstones, though. The first one was directly to the right of my brother and I, but the name was too faded to read. I was feeling kind of creeped out that Allie had been right and we were crawling over a bunch of dead bodies. I probably would have left, but my brother didn't seem afraid at all, and I wanted to seem braver than him. So I crawled to the next stone. This one read Andrew Cummings and had a birth date of 1890 and death date of 1902. There was one to the left of it that read Allison Cummings and had a birth date of 1893 and a death date of 1902. This freaked me out even more and made me think of Allie, who had the same name and looked about the same age as the dead girl several feet below me. My brother suddenly shouted, Look! Something in the corner just moved. Before I could tell him that we should leave immediately, he shoved me out of the way to begin crawling incredibly fast to the corner farther, furthest from us. I could clearly see a couple of large figures moving, but couldn't make out much else. They're probably just dogs. Let's go, I told him, but as he crawled, I crawled right behind him, getting closer and closer to the larger figures that began to look more and more like silhouettes of three people sitting against a wall, all with their knees to their chest. When they came into clear view, my brother turned around and crawled underneath me, and I held him close to my chest. The first girl was very clearly Allie, except she didn't look as lively as she had looked yesterday. She wasn't smiling and her hair was stringy. Next to her was a boy who looked close in age to me and had no hair at all. He wasn't smiling either. The scariest part about all of them, though, was their eyes. I could see my brother's eyes glowing, but none of their eyes glowed. It didn't even really look like they had eyes, just pits of darkness. Allie smiled and said, thank God, you guys came. The other two laughed. Yeah, well, we're going to be leaving now, I said, trying my hardest to sound casual and not scared. All three laughed and the other girl spoke up. No, you're not. Her voice had a confidence that mine didn't. I pushed my brother in the direction we came in and he began quickly crawling away. I heard my grandma calling out for us, oop, my alarm, calling out to us and called out to her to help us. All three of them suddenly stopped laughing. Allie suddenly looked scared and she said, leave right now and never tell a soul you saw us. You got lucky. They're going to eat them. <laughs> I think they're vampires. They were going to eat them. They were. They were. That's like their life sustenance, I would mm -hmm. imagine. It's freaking scary as hell. I don't like but that. they saw her. I mean, I guess it was like a cloudy day. They yeah. saw her during the daylight. So now we got vampires, possibly aliens. She's a gremlin in the what freaking the frick? sewage of the school. I don't like it. <laughs> yeah, she was trying to lure them back mm -hmm. so they could like kill them. Yeah. She let them go. Fucking alley. Yeah, only because grandma's an OG and came outside <laughs> to get their food. Dinner. Ugh. All right. Well, that was scary. I, I love scary stories, but they terrify me. It takes a lot to scare me these days that effectively I also it. think it's scary to hear a knock on your door in the middle of the night, regardless of what is on the yeah. other side. It's always scary. Mm -hmm. Whether it's midnight, three in the morning, like it's just weird. 
It is weird. I mean, that's happened yeah. to us before. Yeah. And I where it hasn't like been it. paranormal, but it's still scary when it happens. It's like, why are you here? Yeah, spoiler alert. Didn't let them in. <laughs> no. I could have been a black-eyed kid. He tried to come in. Yeah. Jiggled the doorknob. Freaking terrifying. All right. Well, if you have any black-eyed kid encounters or any other encounters, please give them to us. That'd be crazy if they're happening near us. That would be crazy. Scary, scary, scary. I would prefer not to know, probably. All right. Well, thanks for listening to the Monsters and Mixers podcast. Please follow us on our socials on Facebook at Monsters and Mixers Pod, on Twitter at Monsters Mixers, and on Instagram at Monsters and Mixers Podcast. Like and follow us on your preferred listening platform, leave a five-star rating, and send us those stories via email at MonstersandMixers2 at gmail.com or at one of the socials mentioned. See you next time when we dive into another terrifying tale. And I forgot the cocktail <laughs> part. And bring you a delicious recipe to wash down the horror. Now get out there and meet some ghosts. And make some toasts.